Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Classic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast, Bryce Diamond post-game against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's a decent weekend, two wins. We also got a win on Friday night against the lowly, bottom-feeding, basement-dwelling Houston Rockets. Uh, there's more than a few problems in Houston. It almost was that the Raptors had problems, but... We don't have to worry about that game. We're going to we're going to focus on this Grizzlies game today. Also, uh obviously if you if you watch um any of the ESPN coverage of the NBA, if you listen to any of the Raptors coverage, watch any of the Raptors coverage, uh you know that the trade deadline is looming. Trade deadline day is Thursday, February 9th. Uh, Courtney Zai and I will have uh, an episode on Friday. Um, It might be a bit of an extended episode. It might be a two-part episode. We'll see, uh, depending on what happens. But we know that is looming. But at the end of the day, uh, what we knew for sure was that the Toronto Raptors are playing the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. And... This was uh, the seventh game of this Western trip. We were three and three coming into this game. This was the fourth time in franchise history we had had a seven game road trip. The previous three seven game road trips happened a while back. Uh, I believe the first one was 1997. Um, but yeah, this all the other ones we went one and six, three and four, and three and four. So we had never been on a road trip this long, and been able to win more games than we lost, which is expected. Being on the road is tough. You hope to pick up a couple games at the start of the road trip, and then you know you hope that you can maybe pick up a game or two as the road trip goes on. This is certainly not the best Toronto Raptors team that we've seen. Uh, but I would say it's better than probably two of those three teams that went on these seven-game road trips. It's interesting to me that the last time a road trip like this was done was 16 years ago. Um, I'd be curious to know what other teams this season in the NBA went on a seven-game road trip. Just curious. You know how I am with travel. You know how I am with uh, how the Raptors – take a beating from time to time, including on travel scheduling. Anyways, we don't need to get into that. This was a game uh, that, quite frankly, through three quarters, looked terrible. Uh, We looked ugly in many instances. We didn't look like we had lift. We didn't look like we had heart. Um, 
I wasn't even sure if we wanted to be in Memphis. Now, it's not because of the city. It's not because of what the city provides. Uh, this is a city with talent, uh, tastes beyond your imagination. Uh, this is a city that is high, high, high on my travel list. Um, this this was about our team, I think, losing steam. I think losing their ability to stay together. And at the end of the third quarter, Malachi Flynn made a huge three to make it 96-88. Uh, sorry, 86-78. And I thought, is this, is it possible that that might be a big bucket? Is it possible? Uh, is it possible that could turn the tides? I wasn't sure. At this point, Desmond Bain had 22 points. He was looking pretty good. And Jaron Jackson Jr. was heating up. I believe he had uh, 14 going into the fourth. And so between those two guys, you felt like that's where they were going to get most of their offense. Uh, defensively, the Raptors looked questionable at best. Um, I will say, I will say that Chris Boucher played his butt off again in this game. Thaddeus Young was solid. And Malachi Flynn, not just because of that three-pointer to end the third quarter, Malachi Flynn actually played a pretty decent point guard role. I will say that. Uh, this game, of, of course, did not have OG Ananobi in it on the Raptors' side. Did not have Steven Adams, Dylan Brooks, who's on suspension, or Ja Morant, who is out as well. I think a load management decision, but I, I don't know that for sure. I, I can't remember the reason that was given, although there were some questions as to what John Morant's friends or, or entourage was doing in Indiana a couple nights previous. Um, but this this was a, a game that, that saw a lot of guys out of the starting lineup. Certainly when you're on a seven-game road trip, and you're playing your seventh game in Memphis, certainly a benefit there. So let's cancel out OG and Dylan Brooks, okay? Now it's just Adams and Morant. Because it's on the road and it's a seventh game on a road trip, you can say, okay, uh, that's the equivalent of Steven Adams being in this game. So it's basically John Morant. And, and John Morant, we know, is a bona fide all-star, unlike Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I said it. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. should not be at the All-Star Game. Not that he's a bad player. Not that he's not a starter, a quality starter in the NBA. But Jaron Jackson Jr. Is, would be lucky to be in the top 35. I think he's more of a top 40 guy. Um, so how a guy like Jaron Jackson makes the All-Star Game uh, is is kind of beyond me. Um, I mean, forget how Pascal was was knocked out from the Eastern Conference, uh, there are some serious question marks for me that Jaron Jackson Jr. was in this game. It's like if Mikael Bridges got put in to the All-Star game. Great player. Really quality player. Uh, probably a top 50 guy. But it does he, does he deserve to be among the top 12 players from the Western Conference? I don't think so. Um, so th this was a tough decision for me, um, you know, especially the way Brandon Ingram has played. Yes, he's missed games, uh, but so is Ian Williamson. 
and and there will be all kinds of excuses about Zion not getting, uh, you know, he, he getting voted in by the fans. Uh, that's fine, but at the end of the day, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not this level uh, of an All Star, and you saw that prove itself in this fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, the Raptors dug in, especially defensively, and were really able to lock down on a shorthanded Grizzlies team who are, again, still young and are, again, without their star player who's an offensive talisman, just an impressive player on the offensive end in John Morant. Creates all kinds of problems and headaches for defenses. And in this game, the Raptors were able to get a lead in the fourth quarter, about six minutes to go, and, you know, played solid defense, which gave them opportunities. They did not have a good shooting game. Fred Van Vliet, after having 10 games where he averaged 27.1 points a game and shot, you know, 45% from the field, 40% from downtown, he he looked like he was on the last game of a seven-game road trip. Um, Scotty Barnes just kind of struggled to find his stride in this game. Pascal Siakam had two threes in the first quarter. I think he had eight points in the first four or five minutes of this game and then really sagged after that. And Gary Trent Jr. was not really a positive. Now, you could say, well, the Grizzlies' defense was great, but, um, you know, they're not that intimidating. And Dylan Brooks, their best defender, was not on the floor. Uh, Desmond Bain does play good defense, but the matchup was not Desmond Bain versus uh, Gary Trent Jr. very often. So this this game saw the Raptors kind of move the ball around quite well. Egalitarian-style offense. Pascal had a bucket. Gary Trent had a nice floater in the lane. Um, Fred Van Vliet hit a couple shots, nice shots in this quarter. But at the end of this quarter, at the end of this game, when you needed a bucket, Scotty Barnes was the guy who got the call. And you could tell between Pascal and Fred, they thought they're zeroing in on Fred and Pascal just doesn't have that lift. He missed a couple of mid-range shots that he was draining in the first 25 games of the season, like Butta. uh, And he didn't have that. So... They were able to get the ball in isolation to Scotty Barnes. And there was a couple times against Jaron Jackson Jr., all-star Jaron Jackson Jr., where Scotty Barnes just said, you're my son. Uh, You little. You can't hang with me in here. I'll bully ball you. I'll I'll out-jump you. I'll out-think you. He even hit a mid-range against Tillman as he got the switch. This was a great fourth quarter. I believe Scotty had 13 of his 17 in the fourth. Uh, also hit a three to get the game uh, within three, under six minutes to play. And after all the games we've had this season, after all the games we've had in the last 15 games, where we've sucked, where we've just been terrible in clutch situations, This was a game that was great to see our offense be able to be effective, and this time through Scotty Barnes. 
And also defensively, Fred Van Vliet had a block. Pa- uh, Precious Achua had two steals in the fourth quarter to, to go uh, along with two others. He had four steals on the game. Precious was incredible on the defensive end. Uh, Pascal Siakam had a strip. He also had a number of big rebounds, including the final rebound of the ball game. Uh, and then Scotty Barnes, one-on-one defense against Jaron Jackson Jr. was quality, including the last possession of the game, up three after Pascal hit two clutch free throws. Jaron Jackson Jr. tried to create something, had nothing. Again, great player, really solid starter, not an all-star. And Scotty Barnes locked him in and locked him down and was able to clamp him and and Jackson had to put up a prayer didn't miss by much but he put up a prayer missed it as I said Pascal secured that rebound and the Raptors won the game in the fourth quarter of this game the Memphis Grizzlies at home scored 17 points and again you can point to the fact that John Morant is not there okay but you're at home against a team who's been on the road for seven games, which is rare in the NBA that you would have a team go on a seven-game road trip. I think our longest last year was six. And this was very uh, surprising to see the Grizzlies kind of stall out. But our defense picked it up, and that was great to see. It wasn't a perfect quarter by the Raptors, but – we were able to win the quarter 28 to 17. It's a, it's a character performance from us. It, it was a fourth quarter that saw life, that saw chemistry, um, but, you know, still left the game in itself as a whole, left a lot of questions still for the Raptors. Left a lot of questions around the type of offense and defense we're running left a lot of questions that we've been asking even before the season started about our roster and its depth. Uh, But this fourth quarter gave us something, something that we thought we had before. I mean, when you think back to that Minnesota game, how we threw that one away on both ends of the floor, having had a 15 point lead like the Grizzlies did in the third, but we had a 15 point lead with eight or nine minutes to go in that game and just blowing it. Um, you know, playing against the Bucks, who had, were without Giannis, Middleton, and Brooke Lopez in the final six minutes. We were down three. I think we hit a free throw to make it a two-point game after a technical foul, and, and we just stunk. Um, when you think about uh, our lack of execution, lack of precision, unable to, to get rebounds defensively against the Phoenix Suns, um, you, you think back to so many games a season, but especially in the last 15, and you just think, man, we struggled in those clutch moments. And here we were getting stops and getting buckets. And I can't speak highly enough about Scotty Barnes um, today. I think, honestly, um, our star, our young star is rising. And it's fantastic to see. He has played his best basketball in the last 10, 15 games on both ends of the floor. The three-point shot has come back. His confidence 
has come back. Yes, he's making mistakes still. That's going to happen. Even the best of the best make mistakes in in big moments, uh, in in mundane moments. That happens. But Scotty Barnes's game, um, especially in in big opportunities, has really got to a level that I think we believed he could get to. Shot creation, uh, shot making, defensive um, focus and impact. And and this is exciting to see. Um, Precious Achua continues to ask Masai and Bobby questions. Again, both of these guys are are 22 this year. What does that say? Um, what might that mean as we go forward? Um, Malachi Flynn played one of his better games, certainly his best game in the last 10. He did have a couple games earlier in the season, maybe first 15, uh, where he, he played decent. As Zaya said last night, and I totally agree with him, if you're going to have this roster, Malachi Flynn has to play 12 to 15 minutes. You need Fred off the floor for at least 10, if not 13, and play Fred 35 minutes or less. And and that means Malachi Flynn has to play. And if he's going to get better in this league, then you have to get him the reps. And, you know, when Precious Achoo was coming back into the lineup, you did that. We have not seen a longer leash. We have not seen more freedom for Malachi Flynn. Do I think he is the answer to our back backup point guard position? I don't, um, but that doesn't mean he can't improve. And uh, last night's game, when he got out on the floor for a longer period of time, um, he was able to show a little more of his game, especially in transition, he was great. Um, he, he really moved the ball well, and he got to the 10, right? Whether it was on a pick and roll or, or uh, just blown by his man, pump faking and getting into the lane, he made really good decisions. So well done, Malachi Flynn, for last night's game. And he, I don't think he turned the ball over either last night in those 10, 12 minutes. So that's important. I think Thad Young, again, with the roster as it's currently configured, the makeup of this roster, if Malachi Flynn is going to play 10 to 15, 12 to 15 minutes, I think you got to play Thad Young 10, 12 minutes to help with the distribution, with to help with the traffic moving. And if Precious goes back to the bench when OG comes back to the lineup, that effective second unit last year featured Thad Young at center, as kind of a point center at times, Precious Achua and Chris Boucher. And Chris Boucher was excellent last night. So was Thad Young. Chris Boucher kept us in the game in the first half. Thad Young made some nice cuts, nice passes. Um, I'm not saying you you play him 20 minutes, but Thad Young's got to play 10 to 12, and Malachi has to play 12 minutes minimum uh, to help give the starters a chance to breathe and rest. Um, This is a big section now in the season. We went four and three on this West coast. And I talked about 
you know, if we go four and three, you still have to have belief in this team. Doesn't mean you don't go out and get a bona fide center like Pirtle. But this roster has enough guys. It has enough skill. You just got to play them and believe in them. Give them the freedom. Give them the patience. Give them the encouragement, Nick, that they need. And if you go and get Pirtle, and it's Malachi, Gary, Precious, Boucher, and Thad, and you know you go zone, you have Wisecamp who can also come in, or Wiescamp, Wheezy, as Alvin Williams called them. Um, I, I really think that you, you're creating enough belief, enough positivity within this lineup. And you've given an ingredient to this lineup in a bonafide center in Jakob Pertl. You've given them a chance every night now. And if you can make that Pertl move before we get a four-game homestand before the All-Star break, now the vibes go up. Now you've, you're giving more chance to rest. Now those guys, those guys who play kind of the center spots – OG at times, Pascal at times, Scotty, Precious. Now they're getting hammered less. And now you have an opportunity to have that full expression of a roster that you've needed. And who knows, right? Who knows now what can happen when belief gets in, sets in, when there's a little more rest on the bench for these guys. When it, when the game becomes a little easier with height and size, when you get that all-star break, who knows? We're not that far away. There is tons of talent. It's really hard to get up night in, night out on a demanding NBA schedule when you don't have belief confidence from victories but in order to get those victories especially in clutch minutes especially to have momentum going into the final minutes and have juice and endurance for the legs you need a a a roster that that can help you get there and you and you need freedom from from your coach for your bench uh to move forward we're 25 and 30. We're a game or two outside of the eight spot. We're not far away. So we'll see what happens. A lot can happen over the next four days. We saw what happened in Dallas and Brooklyn with a, a mega trade. Um, seeing Kyrie hook up with Luka Doncic. Gosh, Kyrie is the most frustrating guy to have on your team. I don't know how KD feels about him. I don't know how LeBron feels about him. Talent-wise, he's, in my opinion, a top 15 guy, talent-wise. Offensively, he's probably a top seven guy in the league. But from a teammate standpoint, from an overall effectiveness, outside of LeBron James, he has never been to an NBA final. Outside of LeBron James, he's never had a title. To play with Tatum, KD, James Harden, and not get 
to a final. Now with Doncic, if he doesn't get to a final, this guy becomes one of the most self-absorbed, self-entitled dudes that have ever played in the league. Honestly. Um, now, go get paid. Go get that bag <laughs> for your family and for the next gen. But gosh, he is frustrating. But who knows, right? If Kyrie can get a trade request and he goes off to Dallas, who knows what else can happen this week, including for the Toronto Raptors. All right, y'all. We're going to cut it here. Get ready uh, later this week as LeBron James surpasses, for the first time in 30 years, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record for most points in a career will be surpassed. First time in 39 years, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will not be the person with the scoring title in a career. LeBron James will have that. He is only 36 points behind Kareem. Will he do it tonight against OKC? I'm not sure, but we will have a feature to start off our Black History Month series, a power, a player empowerment series. Um, Michelle Roberts, former... Um, executive former lawyer for the NBA Players Association will be our next and then we'll figure out and let you know who will be uh, part of that series the third installment of our Black History Month series so look out for that but very exciting stuff a lot of tension within this week with the trade deadline on the 9th have a good day enjoy the sunshine catch up to you soon peace I think I don't I don't do dreaming boy. I'm on your I do artists. I'm not